Okay, good morning. Good to have you with us. I want to um, continue on the series we're doing on Ephesians. Last week we spoke about overcoming family. Basically that we're not called to walk alone. We're called to, to, to walk together. To, we're called to, to stand together. There are many things in this life that you alone will not be able to overcome. But as a family together, there's nothing that we can't overcome with God on our side. So if you missed last week, you're welcome to download it. And uh, this morning I'm going to, so we, last week we, we touched on chapter 2 of Ephesians. We're going into chapter 4 this morning and, uh, and a few other places as well. And I think this morning's message is um, it's quite challenging just for, for me, just what the, the, the topic's about. And it just, uh, just really feel God's working in me, speaking to me. He's, he's, uh, yeah, you, you know, when it comes to the Word of God, you can't just preach it. You need to live it. There needs to be a shift in one's, not only your thinking, but also your lifestyle. And I, and I believe the message I'm going to share with you this morning is profoundly challenging in terms of our lifestyle, profoundly challenging in terms of our, our comfort zone. And, uh, and, but I believe the fruit, the effect of it will be huge. It will, will be, be life-changing, life-transforming. So I want to read again Ephesians 1 verse 3. I read it last week. It's sort of the, give you the, the key verse in the book of Ephesians. It, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote this book while in prison. And yet this the, the, the revelations, the, that which he writes about, it's, it's hugely overcoming. It's incredible, the, the revelations and the, and the truth. You, you wouldn't think someone in prison would be writing something like this. But it, it, it reveals this glorious church. It reveals God's heart for his church, for us, for his bride. And so in Ephesians 1 verse 3, in the Passion Translation, it says... Everything heaven contains has already been lavished upon us. Say already. Okay, so already. It's already been lavished upon us. Everything heaven contains. It's like, wow. As a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father. The Father of our Lord Jesus. All because He sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate Him with all our hearts. That is so profound. It says, Everything heaven contains has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because He sees us wrapped in Christ. All because of Jesus. Not because of our works. Not because we've earned it or, or deserve it because we've done such great works. But because of what Christ has done for us and because we have placed our trust in Jesus, God is saying, all of this is yours. It's huge. It's huge. And I shared last week, if you see yourself that God the Father would take a walk with you and you walk up the hill and you're standing on top of the hill and then God the Father would show, show you the, the countryside and say, this is all yours. This is all yours. All the way that you see to the river, they all the way to the mountain, they all the way. It's It's yours. It's yours. And then we uh, think, yeah, come on, this is awesome. It's all mine. And then you go down your little hill and you go into the first field on the right. And then you get the shock of your life for there's a giant. A squatter from hell in your land. 
And he's, he's illegally there. It's your land. It's your property. God, the creator of heaven and earth, has given it to you. And so many of us then run, we run back up that hill and we, and we hide away. We, we don't go and take our land. We don't go and possess our land. And yet we quote the scripture, I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Conqueror of what? Nothing. But it sounds good to say it. And so, so what do you do when you, you're on that hill? How do you, and this is what I want to share about this today, is how do we position ourselves? Where do we position ourselves so that we can actually take our land, so that we can go down the hill? I shared last week a few keys about overcoming storms, overcoming giants. And so I want to add to that this, this morning, that there's a position you and I need to take in life. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle, a position that we need to take up in God. And it, it, it unlocks so many other things in our lives. And uh, it's connected to Matthew 10, verse 8, the second part of Matthew 10, verse 8. The first part says, Jesus speaking, he says, Bring health to the sick, raise the dead, touch the untouchables, kick out the demons. I like that. Kick them out. Like the video, big. That, that, that's God's heart for us. But then this bit. You have been treated generously, so live generously. You have been treated generously, now live generously. Or in the New King James, it says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. And then it says, freely you have received, freely give. You have received, freely you have received, freely give. And I believe this is what God wants, to, wants us to, to, to take a hold of, is to freely give, for you have received. And I'm not talking about finances now, I'm talking about a lifestyle. I'm talking about a sacrificial, loving lifestyle. It says you have received. The Ephesians 1 verse 3 says all of heaven has been lavished upon you. But so many of us live like um, beggars. <laughs> you know, we live like as if we don't have much, spiritually speaking now. We live as if we don't have much. We live as if we can't. We live as if we don't qualify. We live as if... You know, we, as if we're standing on, our, on that hillside and we're waiting for something to happen, to qualify us. We're waiting for something. Well, if I did that course or I get that certificate or someone does this in my life, then I will qualify to step out and do great things for God. It's a lie. You already have it. Let's say it, I have it. If you are a Christian, if you've committed your life to Jesus Christ, all of heaven has been lavished upon you. You just don't realize it. Some of us just don't realize it. I mean, it's just like, I'm thinking about just like two years ago, um, <clears throat> we felt to go to India. And, uh, and I just felt in my spirit, God said, we must pray for the sick. So I emailed the pastors saying, well, we want to come and we want to pray for the sick. You know, but I was absolutely clueless. Absolutely clueless. I had, I'm no, I mean, we in the free, previous year we had four people physically healed. It was like, but we're coming. We're international, awesome people. 
coming to show you how we're clueless. <laughs> Absolutely clueless. But we're going to step out. They didn't know we were clueless, so that helps. <laughs> it was a nice thing, you know. That's why international people always look good, because you don't know them. You think they're awesome. So then you open your heart wide and you receive. But anyway, so we just said, we want to we wanna, we wanna pray for the sick. It was like this massive step of faith. I was like terrified. I mean, I've, I've I, you know, sometimes, just go, I mean, going to places like, I remember like two years ago, I was absolutely terrified of going. I was thinking 300 million gods, you know, 300 million devils. It's just, it sounds scary. You know, does Jesus work in India? You know, it was just battling through so many things, fears that I, I had to face. But I was on my little hill and I saw a little plot of land over there. God saying, okay, go there. Go take it. And I had to face my fears. I had to go and give that which I had. And I had to go give even that which I didn't realize I had. I didn't realize I had this in me. But as you go, as you give, as you, as you freely give, you realize what you have. And as you freely give, you receive more of God. And as you freely give, you actually go and take your land as you face your fears. For instance, with, with Sonica now, I mean, the last month, as I shared last week, has been probably one of the toughest months we've had in years. So for the last 36 days, my wife hasn't really been sleeping well, maybe three hours a night. And it's been, it's been chaos. And so at the beginning of this week, I told her, I only, I, I only didn't sleep the first two weeks, praise God. And then, I <laughs> said, so she's still continuing. And so, beginning of this week, I told her, just leave this thing. Don't go to Awaken, don't go to Joburg, just leave it. And she said, no. The devil wants to keep me from stepping out. The enemy wants to keep me, wants to silence me. He wants to keep me from going where God has called me to go. And so... I spoke to her last night, and it was amazing. She says, I mean, she's, the last, previous two nights, she slept about three hours. And when she doesn't sleep well, she shuts down. She wants to sit in a corner and do nothing. Now she's at this conference, 400-plus ladies. In the end, she facilitated every session, the ministry, prophetic songs. She, she just gave, and, and she says the people were just blown away. They just said, you're such a natural. You're so, God is so with you. She's, and, and she so enjoyed it, but she shouldn't have because she hasn't been sleeping. But it's such a breakthrough. Because she says two years ago, she was afraid of just being on stage for two minutes. So she, two years ago, her motto was, do it afraid. Now she's not afraid anymore. Now her motto is, do it wasted. <laughs> do it wasted. I think that's so profound. I'm so proud of her. I am so proud of her. But she had to make a decision in the midst of what she's going through, in the midst of not understanding everything she's going through, in the midst of her... She had to make a decision. I'm going to do it wasted. I'm going to step out. I'm going to do it wasted. So what's your excuse? What's your excuse for not stepping out? What's your excuse for not... For not giving of yourself to someone else. What is your excuse? I want to I tell you your, your excuse is lame. With all respect. But your excuse, your excuse is lame. It's lame. I mean, two years ago, we stepped out. 
I mean, there's been more than 450 people physically healed over the last two years. That is not normal. That's God. But we had to face our fears. We had to step out. We had to say, well, yes, we pray for the sick. That's what we do. What do you think you can't do? What do you think you can't do? I tell you, I think you, might, you, you can do it. You can do it. Freely you have received. Freely you have received. I joked about it to some guys, but you know, when you read the books of the awesome men of God, they tell you all the breakthroughs. They don't tell you the hell they went through <laughs> to qualify. They don't tell you the pain, the suffering, and the sleeplessness. And the now, Paul actually says in his letters, you know, in sleeplessness often. So it's an apostolic anointing, I guess. <laughs> we tell ourselves to, <laughs> to encourage ourselves. Many are still waiting for something to happen. And they already have it. You must just start using what is in your hand. You must just start stepping out and loving on someone. Give to someone. Bless someone. The key to the more. The key to the more was to give what I had. Even what I didn't think I had. And that is still, that, 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 is, the, that is the way forward. That is the way forward. So, okay, I want to take you to um, Ephesians 4. Verse 1 to 6, Ephesians 4, verse 1 to 6, Scripture, 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 are you not ready yet? There we go, okay. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Isn't that amazing? Okay, so Paul in jail, and then he says, I beg you, I beg you. Okay, so may I beg you this morning. <laughs> I beg you to step out of your comfort zone. I beg you to start using what God has already placed in your hands. I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Worthy. It's like God blesses you, and he gives to you everything. He says, all of heaven, it is yours. Now, now live worthy of this. In the light of God blessing you with all of this, don't waste it. In the light of God giving all of this to you, blessing you with generously pouring out all the resources of heaven upon you. Now, walk worthy. Step out. Walk worthy. Walk worthy, I beg you. Lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Uh, sorry, I mean the person next to you. They have been called by God. You know? Not you, but the one next to you. No. It says you have been called by God. The Apostle Paul is writing this to the church and he says, You have been called by God. You. You have been called. Let's say it. I've been called. I've been called. I've been called by God. And when God calls us, it's a holy calling. It's a beautiful calling. What? Called. Okay, yes. You have been called to be a pew warmer. The person next to you, they've been called to great things, but you have been called to just sit in the chair every Sunday. And I'm thankful you're coming to church. It's awesome. It's a great start. But being called by God is not being called to sit in a chair every Sunday. That is not being called of God. This is being equipped 
to step into what God has called you to do. But there is more. There is so much more that God wants to do through you. So, so the Apostle Paul is begging, begging, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. And then he starts defining, he says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. He spoke about family last week and overcoming family. So he's saying here, in the, in the light of you being a family, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Binding yourselves together with peace. Be one. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. This glorious hope for the future. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through you all. So there's one Father over this family. One. And He wants us to be one. And I want to give you a key, a few keys this morning of, of how to be one. Okay, because I know some of us just feel, well, I'm, all I can do is sit and listen. I want to say to you, there's more in you. But the key is you need to give it away. Walk worthy. The Passion Translation says in verse 2, it says, Always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially toward those who may try your patience. Always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially toward those who may try your patience. Those who test you, that word generous love, it means stretching love. It's a love that stretches you. It's a love that finds you outside of your comfort zone. It's a love that, that, that we call to. It's walking worthy of this. So, you're on your hill. You want to take your land. You want to walk worthy of the calling of God. And I shared a few weeks ago, but I felt God say to me, stay in my presence, love people. Stay in my presence and love people. Why? Because when I am in his presence, I receive the ability to love others. I receive the capacity to love others. I receive the capacity to be kind and gentle and generous. So I need to be in his presence. I need to receive from him. So Jesus, he, when he lived on the, when he was walking the earth, he would pray early in the mornings. He would connect with his heavenly father. He would be in that space. But what would Jesus do? He would just give and give and give and give. That was the position he took. I come to freely give. Let's say it, freely give. This is the position we need to take up in our lives. We need to freely give. Some of us are positioned in a place where we want to receive. We want to have. We, we, we desire healing. We desire restoration. We desire friendship. We desire these things. We desire blessing. We desire more of God. How do we get it? Position yourself over here and give. Serve. Minister to others. Love others. Give and give and give and give with no strings attached. Whatever comes back is a blessing. That's what Jesus did. He came and he served. If his expectation was from man, he would have been disappointed. 
and offended. Even in his worst time, he's in Gethsemane, he was sweating blood. His closest friends left him, failed him. They were asleep. Thanks, guys. Thanks for backing me up there. Awesome. They didn't. They didn't. He came to give. He came to give. He came to serve. He came to give of himself. He came to be a sacrifice for others. And I believe that's a key for us in terms of where God wants us to position ourselves. Love others with no strings attached. Give of yourself to others with no expectation to receive anything back. You will get blessed. You will get healed. I'm just thinking of of coming to Christ as an 18-year-old. I remember I didn't come to church for friends. I didn't come to church for a girlfriend. I didn't come to church to get. I didn't. The first six months I was a mess. And I was quite a few times after that quite a mess. But the in-between times. Like a week here. And five years later a week there. The in-between times. My mission was I'm going to get involved I'm going to do missions. I'm going to bless others. I'm going to pray for people. I'm just going to to live for Jesus because he is my goal. And you know what happened in the process? I got healed. I got set free. Hey, I got some great friends. Got a great wife. (laughs) I got seriously blessed. But that's not my focus. My focus is... I come to give. You see, when we give and we let, when, when we love with strings attached, we get hurt. When we love with strings attached, then there's control with it. You know, husband and wife. Husband is loving his wife because he wants her to do all these things back to him. That's actually dangerous. He's saying, okay, I've done all of these things for you, so you owe me. You owe me. You owe me, woman. I want some dinner tonight. You owe me. And we don't say it like that, but we think it. It's the same with parents and kids. If I love my child, but I believe my child, you owe me. Do you know how we suffered for you? Do you know how much money you cost us? Do you know how many late nights we were up for you? You owe me. That's going to be a very ungodly relationship at some stage. Child's going to feel controlled, manipulated. Always owe my parents something. Don't do that. Love, no strings attached. The awesome thing is when we love like that, when we love with no strings attached, when someone, someone's heart does turn to us, when our child or our spouse truly just loves us, awesome. Praise God. But if we position ourselves in the wrong space, I want, I want, I need, I need, I want, I want. You owe me. You're going to lose what you have. You're going to lose what you have. And the path to healing is to give because you have received. You have received. You have received. You have received. You have what it takes in Him. Stay in my presence. Love people. No strings attached. You know, I've been through seasons, even with church, you know, that you get upset when people leave the church and you think, after everything, <laughs> after all the counseling sessions, after I've poured myself into you, yep, you go away. 
And I realize then there's something wrong there from my side. I have not, I've, I, 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 I'm not called to give so that people can owe me. I'm called to be, I'm called to love. I'm called to draw people to Christ. It's supposed to be a sacrifice. It's not about me. And it's not about you. There's a place of freedom, I believe, that is found in loving others without any, any strings attached. Love others without strings attached. So I believe it's the pathway to intimacy with the Father. You know, if your heart is to know Jesus, if your heart is to know God, this is the way. This is the path. Be kind. Be gentle. Love others with no strings attached. Because he's waiting for you there. He's waiting for you there. And, and I, I was praying this week, and I, and I just realized that I felt the Lord speak this to my heart. It is relatively easy to love people who are like us. It's also sometimes very hard. <laughs> but it is much easier than people who are very different. It's easier to love someone who speaks my language, same skin color, same culture, same passions, same positions in life or whatever, same, same demographic. It's, it's relatively easy. You're not going to find Jesus there. I believe the Lord is saying to me, you will find me with those who are different from you. Because that's real love. So I, saw, I see like a, a picture in my mind's eye of if you had to scan this crowd right now and you would think, okay, those two, three, four, five people are probably the toughest people to love. You're going to find Jesus there. You're going to find Jesus standing right behind them. If you step out of your comfort zone and you choose to love them, you choose to step out of your comfort, comfortable, nice to people, into a place we don't naturally connect. We 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 way on the other side of the track type of thing. But I see Jesus there. He's standing behind them. He's standing behind them. You want you want more of God. You want more of God. Love people that are really different to you. Make a point of it. Make a point of it of loving those who are really different to you. Look at this. Matthew 25 confirms this. But this is where well, I think God speaks about widows, orphans, and strangers. Widows, orphans, and strangers. Probably the most difficult grouping of people to really love. Because it's sometimes a little bit scary. The implications of getting involved. The implications of loving people who are needy. The implications of reaching out to people who can't Look out for themselves. So look at this. Then the king will say to those on his right. Now this is one day in the future. This is the, the sort of judgment day. Jesus speaking and he's declaring this. One day in the throne room of God. The king. Will say. There will be the goats and there will be the sheep. And he says the king will say to those on his right. Come. You who are blessed by my father. You're going to get blessed guys. The sheep. You're going to get blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. And then he begins and says, For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, 
and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? We're missing Jesus, King. We, we don't know what you we don't understand. And then the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these. Let's say it, the least. The least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Isn't that amazing? The least. I want to say to you that there are some people that we value in our hearts and minds as the least. They don't come onto our radar. There are people in this church that don't come onto your radar because they're different. But I want to say to you that Jesus is waiting for you there. The least. The least. I am so convicted about this. You see, because we naturally connect with certain types of people. We naturally have our clicks. It's just so easy. I mean, I go to the pastor's fraternal on Wednesday. I find myself in the Afrikaner group. (laughs) The deeply spiritual, charismatic Afrikaner group. That's where I find myself. So I made a point of getting out of my group and getting to people who are different. And it's uncomfortable. And those guys over there seem like having a great time. This is really awkward. <laughs> really awkward. But I believe God is saying to me, you're going to find me there. Not there. Those who are different. Those who are the least. Those in our mindsets, on our radar, they are the least. They are the um, awkward with you. That is the test of love, isn't it? It's easy to love those like us. It's hard to love those who are different. Verse 40 in the message translation, it says, Then the king will say, I'm telling you, I'm telling the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. <laughs> that's, so, that's so speaking to me. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. Wow. The overlooked ones. You're in a life group and there's one person in the corner, but you're having a great time over here. Jesus is in the corner. Jesus is in the corner. The overlooked the ignored, the not on our radar people. Jesus is waiting for us there. He's waiting for us there. He's saying, come, come and love as you truly should love. Those we naturally overlook. Some of us battle to connect with the elderly. Jesus is waiting for you there. Some of us battle to connect with young people. Well, then Jesus is waiting for you there. Some of us battle to connect with black people while Jesus is waiting for you there. Some of you battle to connect with white people. Jesus is waiting for you there. Or whatever, brand or color or position, rich or poor. He's there. 
out of your comfort zone. <laughs> That's where Jesus is waiting. Here's your comfort zone. This is lekker. This is good. I'm enjoying this. This is easy. Jesus is outside of your comfort zone. He's outside of your comfort zone. He's waiting for you. If you want him, I mean, if you don't want to know Jesus, if you don't want to know the fullness of God, if you don't want to know him for who he is, then fine, stay in your comfort zone. But I promise you, we're going to find him outside. Outside of a comfort zone. At work, who's the person that you really just don't connect with? <laughs> or on the street or outside or wherever you are, your neighbor, who's the person you don't really connect with? It's awkward, eh? And you want to run away. And I think sometimes it's our own fears, our fears that keeps us from stepping out. But Jesus is waiting for you. You did, you did it to me, to him, to him, to him, to him. Step out. Step out. Step out of your comfort zone. So let's go to the next verse there. Ephesians 4, verse 12 to 13. Building on this theme. This is just after the, the, uh, the Apostle Paul speaks about the fivefold ministry. I've often spoken about the fivefold ministry, the five streams, the five rivers of life that flows. And he speaks about the apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, etc., that, that are gifts to the body to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Now, he speaks about this here now. It says their responsibility, the fivefold ministry, is to equip God's people. Let's say it. Say equip. Equip. Okay? So you, the, the focus is to equip God's people to do His work. To do His work. It's more than sitting in a chair. To do His work. And build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So he's saying, okay, guys, I've equipped some people in the body to equip you, you, to equip you to do the work. And if we do that work, we will come to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ, the standard of Christ. But there's something we, do. we need to build up the church. So building bridges is something, I, I was again praying this week, and I, I just got this impression that your job and my job is to build bridges for people to God. Build bridges for people to God. You can build it. You can build a bridge. How do you build a bridge? It's when you meet someone that got hurt in church, and have run away and don't want to try church anymore, just gotten too hurt. What do you do? How do you build a bridge? We're sorry. We're sorry for failing you. We're sorry for not making it. We're sorry for not cutting it. We're sorry that, that, that we didn't fulfill your expectations. And so I want to say on behalf of us, just from the church leadership, we are sorry. If you ever felt unloved in this church or you felt not cared for, not valued, that is not our heart. Our heart is to love people, everyone valued, treasured, special, part of the family. So if you've ever been wounded in church or a church or this church, 
forgive us. Forgive us for being clicky sometimes. Forgive us for focusing on our own friends sometimes and not reaching out. Forgive us for staying in our comfort zone and not breaking out and pulling others in. Forgive us for sometimes being afraid and insecure and awkward. Forgive us. We want to build a bridge for you to go on. And that's just my heart. For every person that's ever been through this church and they're somewhere else maybe now, all I want is if we failed you, forgive us. Because I don't want to be an obstacle. I don't want to, I don't want what we have done to keep you from knowing Jesus. I don't want to be the cause of someone losing their salvation. But I want to be a build, I want to be a bridge builder. I want to help you connect back to God. And we will, I promise you, we will fail you because we are human. I will fail you because I'm human. But if you position yourself in a place where you say, my mission is to give. My mission is to serve. My mission is to love others. No strings attached. I'm not expecting anything back. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. You will become unoffendable unoffendable, and you get healed in your heart, and you get more of Jesus. It is where you must, you, we must position ourselves this freely you have received, so freely give. And then we're going to come to the full stature of Christ. John chapter 15. So I felt God saying to me, love them to me. Build a bridge. Build a bridge. You know of people who have been hurt. You know of people that have been offended in church. You can build a bridge. You can build a bridge for them back to God. John 15, 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is Jesus. Okay, guys, I'm going. Now, love one another as I have loved you. Love as I have loved. He's not saying, go and receive love. He's not saying, wait in a corner until someone notices you. He's not saying, look, if you just look sad enough, Ben, it's going to work. Ben, you're going to get a spouse or whatever. Probably not. uh, Probably not. But if you position yourself where Jesus says, guys, love as I have loved, and you're going to get everything else. You're going to experience the love of God. You're going to experience love from people at some stage. But choose to step out. Choose to love. He says, greater love is no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. So there's this wonderful encouragement. You're my friends. If you start loving others, you're my friends. So what is the pathway to healing and breakthrough? Receive grace from God, and then love people. I heard this uh, story of uh, Bill Johnson shares this. This is so powerful. There was a lady, uh, a girl in, in his church, and, or a church. He prayed for her, or they prayed with her. And she had depression, and she came out of the depression. And sometime later, a few months later, he was again at this church. And then some of the ladies called him and said to him, that lady, that girl, she's fallen back. She's completely depressed again. She is in terrible space. 
And so she was in the, in the venue over there, and some ladies were praying with her. And so he just ignored it for now, he just prayed for some other people, and then he went to her. And the other ladies were there, and then she was expecting him to pray for her. And then he said to her, okay, now you prophesy over each one of these ladies. What? I'm depressed. I am depressed. I am down in the dumps. Pray for them. Pray for them. So he says she started with, I think, four four or five ladies that she prayed for. She prayed for the first one and prophesied over her. And he said it was like 80% flesh and maybe 20% of Jesus in there. And then she prayed for the next one. And each time, more of God pitched up. More of God pitched up. And when she ended up praying for the fourth one, she was healed. No more depression. She was set free. I think that's so profound. Because see, when you're in depression, you position yourself in a place I need, I want. But that's not how you get your healing. You get your healing by the grace of God to position yourself in the river. You don't feel as if you have it. You feel as if you've got nothing to give. But the moment you position yourself in a place, I'm going to pray for someone else now. Because I've had lots of prayer. Now I'm going to pray for someone else. You break through. You, you get planted in the river and life flows through you. You have received, now give. You have received, now give. When we position ourselves in a place of only wanting and needing more, 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 we get disappointed and we shut down even more. Give. Give of yourself. Position yourself in the place of blessing by blessing and giving to others. Okay, last verse I want to read. Ephesians 4, verse 15 to 16, just a little bit further on. It says, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. He says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly, as each part does its own special work. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So it says God makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Every one of us fit together perfectly. Unified, blessed, loved. How? Each one does its own special work. Each one. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Isn't that what we're longing for? Everybody growing, healthy, and full of love. When what? When each one does their little bit that they are called to do. Each one realizes, whoa, you're not on my radar. Well, you're, gonna, you're getting onto my radar now. How are you doing? How are you? How's it going? What can I do for you? Can I bless you? Can I pray for you? Can I get to know you? Can I hear your story? Can I get into your life? Can I get into your, your background? Can I, I, w- I want to know you. I, I want to know you because I know, I know, I know, I know. God has said every human being is made in the image of God. Every human being on the face of this earth is made in the image of God. Every one of us reveal a different aspect of who Jesus is. 
of who God the Father is, every one of us. So when you speak to someone, whoever it might be, look for God. I don't know about you, but I'm obsessed with Jesus. I want Him. (laughs) I want Him. I don't want much else in this life. I want Him. And if it's going to bring me closer to Jesus, if I look at people in a different way, I'm in. Okay, God, I'm in. I am in. But look at someone, especially those who are really, really different to you, coming from a different background. Look for the diversity of God in them. In them, in Jesus' name. Okay, everyone has a special work to do. A special work to do. A calling to love people. A calling to build bridges. A calling to remove things that are keeping people from God. A calling to get into people's lives and love them. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. The body analogy. I'm the hand. I'm not doing anything until you do something, he says to the rest of the body. I'm striking. South African thing, you know. We like striking. This hand is striking. I'm no longer working until the rest of the body does its share and makes me feel valued and loved. And so the whole body suffers. But if the hand says, man, I'm just going to be the hand. I'm going to be the hand. I'm going to love people. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to feed the body. Yes, let's eat chocolate. (laughs) And sweets and everything else we can possibly think. Yes, let's feed. I'm going to bless the body. I'm going to get blessed as well. Maybe a little bit healthier than that, but... I really feel there's a word for us. Matthew 6 says, Do not worry about your body, about your life. Or about your body. I think we're too worried about our body sometimes. You know you're getting a new one in heaven one day? Awesome. Let's eat. <laughs> kidding, kidding. But I think that's such a word. Do not worry about your body. Just eat. If you are the hand, just be you. Add to the body. Add to the body. Love on someone. Bless someone. I promise you, you're going to get blessed. Beyond you can ever imagine. Bless someone out of your comfort zone. I'm going to. I'm committing this before. (laughs) I'm making myself accountable. I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. Not just in India and Argentina, but here. I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. I'm going to start... Stepping out. I want to challenge you to start stepping out. Out of your comfort zone. Out of what you are comfortable with. You're going to find Jesus there. I promise you. You're going to find Jesus there. You, did it, you, do, you do it to those who are ignored. They're not on your radar. You're doing it to Jesus. I think that's awesome. Ah, feels so good. Come on. We can do this. Give and it will be given to you. Take and keep taking and you will have less than before. Give and keep giving and you will receive at some stage. Take and keep taking and you will have less than before. As you give, you make space for more from God and you get your breakthrough. Hallelujah. Okay, please stand with me. So, 
Jesus is waiting for you outside of your comfort zone. Jesus is waiting for you outside of your comfort zone. Freely give. Freely give and you're going to get so blessed.